Trump campaign is now reaching voters online. You are seeing the president of the United States look at the lines. You join our movement. A lot of uh, President Trump supporters here. Greatest movement in the history of our country. Joe Biden refuses as the leader of the Democrat Party to speak out and put an end to the lawlessness. He's ashamed of our country. The VA, uh, as I said earlier, was just a mess under the Obama-Biden administration. How many police officers need to be assaulted in the streets of Portland by radical left mobs in order for Joe Biden to condemn this? I don't understand how we have leaders who think that it's okay to tell us as parents that our kids can go and get an abortion without our consent, yet we have no right to keep them home from school. It's just, it's its completely hypocritical. I can't believe that he's calling these folks peaceful protesters. Well, I think Joe Biden is totally on the wrong page on this, and he's completely out of step with where American women are when they talk about how to protect their families. We are one people, one family, and one glorious nation under God. America great again. Welcome to Team Trump Online. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Team Trump Online. I'm Laura Trump, Senior Advisor to President Trump's re-election campaign. There's no doubt who would be in charge of a Biden presidency, as he has become the radicals' best radical. Joining me is the chairman of Students for Trump and the author of The MAGA Doctrine, Charlie Kirk. Welcome back, Charlie. Great to get you back on the show. Honored to be here. Thank you. So, you know, usually whenever you, you had a candidate that is chosen as the nominee for president, they sort of pivot to the middle. Now, Joe Biden is the first Democrat candidate in history to actually pivot to the left and seemingly appeal exclusively to the really extreme radical base of the Democrat Socialist Party. What's your reaction to that? What kind of sense does that make? Well, I, I think Joe Biden is still trying to figure out what direction he's going in general, whether it be to the left or to the center. He can't find out he can't wait to find out who he selects for vice president. I think <laughs> yeah, he's really right. excited about that. Look, Joe Biden, it's the Mueller model, right? So the Mueller model is you find someone who's been around DC for a couple decades, who's losing his mind and who is unattackable, right? Unassailable. You put them in a position of high authority and then you staff them with a bunch of radicals that want to destroy our country. And that's exactly what's happened. And so we saw with the Mueller model, when, when Bob Mueller was asked in front of Congress, very simple questions he had no answer for at all whatsoever. And I mean, Bob Mueller was, was not even able to recite very basic understandings about the dossier or anything. And I mean, that was, it was one of the worst hearings in the history of, you know, the kind of the Democrat plot to destroy Donald Trump. It totally backfired. I think it's very instructive because this is the, now the Democrat playbook. And I'm actually, you know, there's a lot of prognostication going on right now. I think this race is trending very favorably in the president's direction. I look at trend lines. It's people say, oh, I don't like where it is today. I'm like, well, it's not today. It's like, where is it headed? That's and right. I think decent and reasonable people 
are actually realizing, and it takes 30 or 60 days sometimes for trends to set in. And I have to give you guys credit. The, the ads you guys are running are phenomenal. Thank and I've been you. traveling a lot and I, I've been seeing kind of where you guys are placing your ads. And it's on, it's on local television. It is on specific type of, of radio and it's great. And I can see why the numbers are trending correctly. And Joe Biden's strategy is awfully perplexing, which is I'm not going to campaign. And I don't think that's a, I, I don't think that's sustainable. I think that the American people aren't stupid, unlike how the Biden campaign thinks they are. And there's going to be a demand to hear from him in uninterrupted fashion. And yeah. I think that it's, this is all, this is playing very favorably in the president's direction. It's funny, Charlie, because I feel a lot like I did in 2016, uh, because when people see me, a lot of times they aren't very loud about their support for the president. I'll have people come up again in 2020. It's, it's almost like a replay and whisper about it because I think they're feeling the same way they did in 2016. Like, oh, this is kind of like low key and under the radar. I want to talk about my support. But the people that are coming up to me are people who will tell me themselves they voted for Hillary Clinton in 2016 or they've been a Democrat their entire life. And they're terrified by what they see happening in some of our major American cities, whether you're talking about the, the total chaos because these very liberal um, mayors are not making sure that their citizens are safe. Uh, across the board, I think they're very confused as to what's going on with the Democrat Party, a party that they once uh, supported. And now we see Joe Biden supports defunding the police. I think this is a very big issue for people. It's already resulted in a surge of violent crimes all across America. So why should American families trust Joe Biden to keep them safe? Because I don't think many people do. Well, they shouldn't. And, and look, as soon, at, at some point, he's going to have to actually talk. And he will not be able to defend what his party has become. And the, the, again, the Democrats are making a huge miscalculation here because you need a, you need a candidate who, have, who has who is sentient enough to be able to at least make an argument and compel people to vote for him. And look, I, I have compassion for his mental decline, but I have we no tolerance. Yeah, sad. But I have no tolerance for trying to put that person as commander in chief. And I think the president is handling this brilliantly because the, Joe Biden thought he's going to let Donald Trump self-destruct, and it's actually the exact opposite. And so, look, the president does a, lo a long, very combative interview with Chris Wallace, who I thought treated him very poorly, and I think the president was great in it. But the thing that was the biggest takeaway was when Chris Wallace even admitted that Joe Biden couldn't do this. That's and right. So, and so, look, from a policy perspective, I think it's really important that we have to recognize that Joe Biden is going to make whatever concessions are needed so that he can quell the Bernie Sanders rebellion within the Democrat Party. And... When he has to actually pick a vice president, I think this will be the first time a vice president selection is actually going to be a double digit downward trajectory for the candidate. Wow. I don't, I don't, I think that this, they're, they're delaying it because they see the internal polling that I'm sure you guys see. I have no insight into that in particular, but I see trend lines where that a gun grabber by the name of Kamala Harris is not going to be very popular in Wisconsin. Right. Like their options are so limited at this point where they can't just do the VP selection where it just checks a box and people don't care. This is not the vice president anymore. This is now a co-president. This right. is not like, it's now they're going to be running as equals because that person probably doesn't have dementia. I don't know. Maybe it does. Maybe it does. I don't know. But if that person doesn't, then that person's going to be forced to answer questions. And they're going to be sitting down there and say, hey, do you want to abolish the police? Do you want to abolish prisons? What do you think of BLM Inc. and the fact that 70 days straight Portland is burning? What about Seattle? Do you think Minneapolis should abolish the police department? And the fact that they are not, they're unwilling to engage in that 
this is a double digit swing in the president's direction that is just waiting to happen. And it's going to happen as Ernest Hemingway say, said, gradually, then suddenly. And as long as we Trump supporters do not lose faith, don't believe the propaganda polls and continue to do the grassroots politics, I think things are really going to continue to trend in our direction. Yeah. And it's really interesting that you bring up that that VP pick because, look, Joe Biden has boxed himself in, Charlie. I mean, this guy has been very clear that he believes 100 percent in identity politics. And that is how he's choosing his running mate, not based on the ability, not based on the track record, not based on anything other than what this individual looks like. And so now he has to choose between a a smaller pool of people. And if he goes outside of that, he's going to upset, I'm sure, a lot of people in his own party. He really boxed himself in it. And whoever it is that he chooses, I think you're right. I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be negative for Joe Biden. And, And I think that you're right. The Biden campaign probably knows that. So they've been delaying, delaying, delaying. Uh, they they do have to get it out to us sometime. Um, but I think that something else that's really important whenever we are talking about this election on November 3rd and really what's at stake, we see, we all know that the coronavirus and this pandemic has been something that none of us ever expected to happen in this country. Yet you've seen that President Trump has continued to succeed in defeating this invisible enemy. But you have the Democrats who deny gatherings in churches while also supporting the riots in the streets all across this country. I mean, what do you think the average American thinks of this, Charlie? Well, I think this is going to play in the president's favor. And, you know, I'm wearing this hat. The president gave me this to me yesterday (laughs) in the White House. And when I was speaking to him, and he totally agreed that be on the side of equitable gatherings. So just for example, if you're going to allow a strip club to be open, allow mass to happen. Right. right. I mean, just don't 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 act as if the virus is going to spread more in the pews or in the pulpits more than the marijuana shop or Home Depot or Walmart. Be consistent, at least. Right. Liquor stores, and, you know, they've yes, all been open. And the yeah. president completely agrees with this. And especially and I'm sure you guys see this public polling in Pennsylvania and Wisconsin and Michigan. But the Catholics in particular in those states, heavily Catholic states, they th- th- voted Democrat as religiously as they were Catholic since the 1960s, since JFK. They're no more. I mean, they are now looking very seriously at who's going to allow them to be able to get their normal life back. And I think that's a winning issue for the president. You are now the more that these Democrats go after pastors and threaten arrest and all that. My goodness, does it open up a very reasonable middle where the president can say, hey, here are some things that I believe are okay to help stop the spread and slow the spread. But if you're going to really say that cannabis distribution centers are okay in the state of Nevada, and you can't go to church like the Calvary Chapel lawsuit where John Roberts, who's a total turncoat, decided to rule incorrectly. But President Trump's selections, Gorsuch and Kavanaugh, ruled very correctly. And so that's a huge issue for the president politically. I'm actually going to an Evangelicals for Trump uh, uh, event here in Vegas uh, momentarily. And I think that it's going to be very, you know, I think it's going to be very positive. And so the last thing I'll say on this is that decent and reasonable people are going to demand their country back. It's, and it can happen suddenly. You remember in 2016, where every public polling imaginable was chaotic. And I just think back to 16, I'm like, we actually have a lot more infrastructure. We're a lot more focused, I think, Mm -hmm. in a good way, because 2016 was kind of in a lot of different ways, just this building the plane as it was taking off. It was beautifully chaotic. Um, And and the Democrats, I think they've maxed out their Trump hatred. I, I don't think they're going to be able to proselytize people on pathological hatred of the president. 
I don't think we in any way at all have maxed out conversions of people going to the president. I think that people are actually defecting every single day. I see it in my outreach. I see it with college, college students. And the, you look at the kind of brackets that Joe Biden needs. He needs high turnout in the black community. He needs suburban women and he needs younger voters. I can tell you right now, younger voters are not enthusiastic about Joe Biden at all whatsoever. That those numbers are going to be down for him and up for the president. I see it every single day, especially in battleground states. Suburban women, I think we're going to do better than the prognosticators think. You know this. You, you lead women for Trump, yep. um, especially around safety and security, stability, and opening up schools, winning issue. And then the black community, watch out. I'm telling you right now, the black community is not in Joe Biden's pocket. Joe Biden is a bitter racist. We should say it every single day. He has contempt for black America. He wrote the most harmful bills imaginable legislatively that hurt black America. President Trump solved it. I think the Democrats are going to be in for a rude awakening, but we can't get too cocky, can't get too confident. We have to do our job. I think we'll be rewarded politically for that. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you uh, anymore on all those points. I think you're exactly right. And look at the Trump campaign. We play the game as though we're behind every second until the game is over. That's how we won in 2016. It was a very, a little bit of a scrappy campaign, as you alluded to. And you know what? We were really proud of that. And no, I, I know. Think yeah, I mean, that was kind of the beauty of our campaign then. And and now in 2020, I think you're right. Look, Donald Trump is still the same guy and he's got all the people that voted for him the first time around. But what Joe Biden and the Democrats probably forget is that this is a man that kept all of his promises, that actually has made life so much better for people all across America. So you're right. People are coming over and supporting President Trump every day. Charlie, they're probably not talking about it. I don't think they're going to be talking to the pollsters. We know those polls are so skewed and, and ridiculous anyway. They don't really mean anything. Um, but we all need to fight every day until November 3rd. Get registered to vote if you aren't. Uh, already, you request an absentee ballot if you don't feel comfortable going and standing in line at a polling location to cast your vote for President Trump. These are all very safe things to do and, and something that we have to do to ensure four more years of this president. So, uh, Charlie, I want to say thank you. You fight every day for our country. And as always, we enjoyed having you on. Come back soon. Thank you so much. God bless you. Barack Obama was right for once. Joe Biden is the most progressive candidate in history. He's also the radicals' best radical. Joe Biden has embraced the policies of the radical left. Trillions in new taxes, crushing middle-class families. If you elect me, your taxes are going to be raised, not cut. Amnesty for 11 million illegal immigrants. Citizenship for 11 million undocumented folks. Reducing police funding. Yes. Uh, absolutely. The radical left has taken over Joe Biden and the Democratic Party. Don't let them take over America. I'm Donald J. Trump, and I approve this message. I'm Donald J. Trump, and I approve this message. Welcome back to Team Trump Online. I'm Laura Trump, Senior Advisor to President Trump's re-election campaign. And joining me now is National Co-Chair for Women for Trump, my friend, Dr. Gina Loudon. Gina, great to see you. Thanks for coming back with us. Pleasure to be with you, Laura. Always an honor. Well, you just started a really exciting thing, a new leadership role with a conservative media platform dedicated to delivering real news. Imagine that. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about it and why you wanted to do it. 
we just hear a resounding cry from those out there in the world who are trying to find a place where they can get real news, which of course you do deliver, but real news that's unbiased, that's not uh, coming to you from uh, you know, some covert angle where they're trying to plant an idea in your head, where they're trying to tell you a story that's not true, where they're trying to uh, topple a pre uh, presidency, or where they're trying to uh, you know, come at you from some untruth. And we hear it all the time. You, you look at any social media, um, certain voices are always the ones that are swept to side and, uh, and, and it's time that all voices are heard and that truth can be discussed and that nobody's voice is uh, covered up or censored. And so I, I started with this network, America's Voice, uh, going back a few months ago, right before COVID. And uh, I was going to come on as a senior anchor for them. And very quickly over COVID, they realized that uh, I had some experience that was valuable to them and they promoted me to president. And so as a result, we are revamping, rebranding the entire network, and we are going to have superstar names and all new lineup coming at you. Um, we are going to have news 24-7 that people are going to love. We partnered with uh, one of the news' very best out there uh, that you know and love, and we'll be making all of these announcements coming up shortly. And we're very excited just to bring, uh, really, in a way it's almost retro, Laura, because it's what news yeah. used to be, but in a very modern fashion. That's so funny. It is, and it's kind of sad to think that, uh, Gina, because you would think that the news should be unbiased, but alas, we know the truth. Now, the left is counting on fake news, fake polls, COVID hysteria, and anything else they can drum up between now and November 3rd to defeat President Trump and elect sleepy Joe Biden. Uh, Gina, this is really a, a time when we need the silent majority. And by the way, the silent majority is real, folks. It's bigger now in 2020 than it was in 2016, but we need those people to engage in this election now more than ever, what is your message to people out there about getting involved, about supporting the president and getting out to vote, volunteer, uh, be part of our team as we head towards November 3rd? Oh, absolutely. And I know that people are more excited than ever, you know, as as I participated um, in, the, in the last few months with Trump victory making phone calls. I can't believe I've never worked for a campaign where when I make fundraising calls, people say, thank you so much for calling me. I want a way <laughs> to thank this president for Aww. all of the differences he's made in my life. I woke up this morning, I got on Twitter for a minute. And you know, Tweet after tweet from real people. These aren't checkmark verified people. These are real people. We're saying, you know what? I went to the drugstore last week and my prescription drugs were down dramatically from hundreds or thousands of dollars a month. And I'm not making this up, Laura. People can go to my timeline and look. I decided I don't know these people. I hope they're all good people. I retweeted every one of them I could find this morning. Oh, that's so and there nice. was tons of them. Just real people, real tweets yeah. I found. I don't know these people. This is real America. This is the silent majority. They are energized more than ever. They're out there trying to tell their stories because this president has taken time to dramatically affect the lives of real people. I like to say uh, one of my favorites is as an adoptive mother, um, and I'm just a normal suburban mother like so many others out there, um, this president touched my life in a very dramatic way, even, even in ways that he probably doesn't realize. I have an adopted son with Down syndrome, and those of us who have worked inside the foster care system or the adoptive system know that many of these children live their entire lives without a family to call their own. But our president took the time to do what 
tons of Democrat and Republican presidents before him said they would do and never did. And that is to pass an executive order that tightens our foster care system so that these kids in foster care can work with public-private partnerships and also with the faith community, eliminating the red tape so that kids in foster care end up getting adopted and living their lives with actual families. This Amazing. is huge, Laura. This will save lives. This will eliminate people from the prison system. This improves the life mostly of minority children. Uh, my son happens to be a minority child with Down syndrome. Most of the children in foster care are minority children with special needs. This is the heart of this president that the media would like you to never know, but that uh, I, now that I'm in media, I'm going to make sure, well, I've been in media a long time, but now that I have a little more power in media, my <laughs> network and people like me are going to make sure that America is aware of. And this is just the kind of heart that he has, uh, that, that it's up to the regular individual people to keep spreading the word. He looks out for the little guy like no president in our history ever has. Yeah, he, he, Gina, he wants to do what is right. He wants to do what makes sense. I think for so many years leading up to him actually running for president, he became increasingly frustrated by the nonsense out there, by so many things that he said, well, why are they doing it that way? That's not right. That's not how it should be done. And this is a great example of it. And by the way, I want to tell people out there, if you are going to go to dinner with maybe some of your liberal friends, maybe they're having you over and everybody had a COVID test and you're all clear, here's what you want to do. Go to promiseskept.com to get all the information about everything this president has done and his administration has done in the past three and a half years. Because, Gina, you're right, you never hear about it out there. For some reason, the mainstream media is too busy covering everything else that nobody cares about than actually talking about the great things uh, under the Trump administration. So promiseskept.com, it's a great resource. You can read up on anything you want there, find out all of these great things that this president has done. Um, one of the things I think we've seen very clearly, Gina, as we're heading towards November 3rd, is that the Democrats are using the pandemic as an excuse to promote universal vote by mail. Now, this is a total scam. Uh, I just want to make clear to everybody, this is very different. Universal vote by mail is different than absentee voting. So this is a way to defraud the American people. I want to give you a chance to respond to it and your thoughts on it, Gina. You, you come from the great state of Florida. It's a little interesting because in Florida, they call their absentee system uh, mail-in voting. And right. so it, it confuses a lot of people. But how do you see this working out? I mean, why would the Democrats, you know, want to, three months before an election, implement a system that has never been uh, used before, that has been proven to cause all sorts of fraud and, and really uh, is a very reckless thing to do as we head towards an election? What are your thoughts? Yeah, uh, there, are two very, there are two very distinct kinds of voting that don't take place in a polling place. Um, so absentee voting is where you, the voter, request the ballot. Therefore, right. you are stating your name, your signature, you're confirming your address, right? So that election officials can be sure that you are you. Kind of an important thing in an election that is entirely different from uh, this mail out voting where you randomly receive some ballot right in your mailbox and you don't really know where it came from and you don't really know that when you mail it in that is actually getting where it's going correct right. so this is a really important distinction if you didn't request it you don't know if it's legitimate and therefore it 
might not be and probably isn't, and it is ripe, ripe for mishandling and corruption and fraud. And we've seen many, many elections. You know, the Democrats love to say voter fraud doesn't happen. Voter fraud does happen. We've seen whole elections overturned because of this mail-out voter fraud. Yeah. Because think of it, they send these ballots out. Uh, where are they going to? What happens to them? Some of them disappear. Some of them show up. No one really knows where they came from. These people may or may not exist. They may be tied to a dog, a bunch of dead people, addresses that don't exist, oh, names happened. that don't exist. And it absolutely has happened. And it absolutely has changed elections. And so this is where we want to be very careful. So we are all in favor of absentee voting. Absolutely. Uh, what we want to what we want to stop is this mail-out, this massive mail-out voting that is so right. ripe for corruption. We have to be very careful of that. And let me say, you're right, in the midst of the COVID, they are using this as an excuse mm -hmm. to do this mail-out voting. If everyone's healthy enough to go out in the street and tear down monuments and riot and burn things and crash in small business windows, then I think they if they want to, they can probably make it to a polling place uh, to, to cast their vote. That's just my personal opinion. And let me say one other thing about COVID. There is no other president in our entire history, and I fail to think of any human being I know who could take our country from the most roaring success it has ever experienced in its entire history to the to the brink of utter destruction caused by the socialist left and bring it back so quickly that now most small businesses have already opened. He's recreated a majority of the jobs that he'd already created once before. Right. He's reestablished our energy of independence again. He's he's made us safe yet again. Again, we're not worried about the terror we were worried about under Obama. This president has done things for our country. I, I, a special message especially to the suburban moms like me who used to lay awake at night and worry about the future of their children. Under this president, he's not only made America great once, he's made America great twice. And we know that in the face of crisis, he is the only person in the world who could do it again. And that's why we have to trust President Trump with his second term. I love it. Let's put that uh, out as a campaign ad. That was uh, amazing, Gina. And by the way, I, I think it's worth noting why should we be trusting the Democrats, Gina, who, if we remember back to the Iowa caucuses, their app wouldn't even work. Do you remember that? Like, we still don't even know who <laughs> yes. won in the Iowa caucuses for the Democrats. I mean, what a joke that was. So uh, no doubt that they're not the ones to be trusted for anything when it comes to election integrity or making sure that we actually count the, the legitimate votes in, in any sort of an election. So uh, with that... Uh, I, I just want to say we appreciate you. All you do, Dr. Gina, you're amazing. And thanks, as always, for being with us here tonight. Oh, thank you so much, Laura. Always great to be with you. You've been a great leader of uh, Women for Trump from the very beginning. It's been an honor to be with you on this whole journey and uh, excited to bring it home with you on election night. I know that suburban women are going to rise up. They're going to tell their friends their personal stories about how Donald Trump as president has personally affected them and the lives of their family, families and their children, because that's what's going to get people to the ballot box to reelect the president who's made our country safe. Got that right. All right. Well, I want to say a special thank you to our incredible guests, Charlie Kirk and Dr. Gina Loudon, for being with us this evening. And thanks to all of you at home, as always, for tuning in. We'll see you next time right here on Team Trump Online.